0: Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for this live stream message from the Neighborhood Church. Yes, some of you are sitting here thinking, man, we're still virtual, we're still live streaming. And the answer is yes, but at least tonight, something's a little different. I got a haircut. Very safely, I did get a haircut. But again, another live stream message So before we get into our message from Acts chapter two, you can join me there here in a minute, I wanna talk to you about our plan. We have a plan. We're uh, collecting all the resources and all the information we can. We're getting what we need so that when we meet together face to face, we can do so safely and in such a way where everyone can feel good about it. We're just not quite there yet. Some of you might be saying, well, man, we don't even have a date in mind, and that's because the way that Pastor Bud and I and some of our leaders have been thinking, we want to gather the data before the date, and like you, keeping an eye on the news, we're still within this pandemic, in Dallas County cases are still on the rise, so I'm asking you to please just continue to be patient as we Uh, work on our plan to know that when we get back together, we'll do so in a way that everyone can feel good about it. We can do so safely. The second thing, in addition to being patient, is to keep connecting. We want to keep connecting. As many of you are face-to-face in front yards and backyards and safely in each other's homes, as you feel comfortable, keep connecting. Because church does not equal content It does not equal a building. The church is a people. And the neighborhood church is a people that's following Jesus together for God's kingdom in our neighborhood, even if we're still apart. Keep connecting. Hang on and be patient. And before we get into Acts chapter 2, I want to tell you that we're working on a plan for a kid's vacation Bible school that will be virtual but also interactive We're working on some fun student ministry events, even though we had to change our plan for Overflow, our in-town camp and service week. We're still working for our kids, for our students, to make this a great summer. And also, I wanted to remind you, like I did a couple weeks ago, of the videos that we've posted for your elementary school kids, your preschool kids. While school has been over, you might find that these resources will be handy for you to walk through those teaching videos, those worship videos, those crafts and activities. Those are there in our member group for some of our curriculum, but also those stories in this page on our Facebook post. So keep worshiping with those videos, get your kids involved on that curriculum videos if you're a member, and also check out those wonderful videos that Carla's posting there. So be patient, keep connecting. We're still following Jesus together for God's kingdom in our neighborhood, even if together is a little bit further out. With all of those announcements being said, I want to pray together. Hopefully you can find that image that we posted on this page. That prayer, I want to pray together. Then I want to read from Acts chapter 2 as we continue our story that you're invited into. And I want to talk about how we need to be listening. Everyone's talking, but are we listening? So, hopefully you found that prayer. Let's get into it and pray together. This is a prayer from a Jesuit, that's an order, a society of Jesus from the Catholic Church. This is a prayer from John Bucky that I found that I think is really appropriate for this time in our nation and in our world. So if you found that prayer online in that post there before this one, would you actually say this prayer with me? Would you hold on to this prayer perhaps this week? Would you incorporate this into your life with God, in your conversation with him? Let's do so now. Lord Jesus Christ, who reached across the ethnic boundaries between Samaritan, Roman, and Jew, who offered fresh sight to the blind and freedom to captives, help us to break down the barriers in our community. Enable us to see the reality of racism and bigotry and free us to challenge and uproot it from ourselves, our society, and our world. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray together and all God's people said, Amen. Hang on to that prayer Incorporate that in your conversation with the Lord this week. We need to be listening to Him because everybody's talking. So, I want to listen to God's Word first here in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. As you're turning there, I want to remind you we've been spending some time in this chapter the last couple weeks, slowly but surely. The big event has happened. The crowd saw the dramatic event. Outpouring of the Spirit of God. People are saying different languages. The crowd is like, Whoa, you've got our attention. Some of them are leaning in in curiosity, saying, What does this mean? Others of them are just saying, Man, these crazy people are drunk. But Peter is going to rise up and speak into that situation to answer their question, What does this mean? The question is, Are we listening? So, Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 21. We're going to do the first half of the first sermon from the first church. You ready for it? Here we go. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. By the way, it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now he's going to quote the Old Testament book of Joel when he says this in verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Well, that sounds awesome. Something new is going on. But here's where we see a little bit of a shift to get our attention in verse 19. You still with me? The words of Joel spoken through Peter. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Verse 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Everyone's talking. Are we listening? This week, our neighborhood group uh, watched a webinar together virtually that was a conversation about race and some next steps for us. One of the presenters was a woman named Latasha Morrison who started an organization called uh, Be the Bridge. She wrote a book by the same name, Be the Bridge, and the facilitator said, Hey, everybody go out and buy her book. And Latasha Morrison very humbly said, Yeah, it's sold out. And the facilitator, who's a friend of hers, said, Yeah, but I thought they did like a second publishing. And she goes, Yeah, that got sold out too. And Latasha Morrison said very humbly, In fact, all these books on racial reconciliation, so many books on anti racism, they're sold out too. That got my attention. That should get your attention. There's a conversation that's being had. Maybe you're like me. You fired up Netflix this week, and you saw a new home screen. And on the home screen that I saw, it said Black Lives Matter, and it had a collection of movies and documentaries that highlight and celebrate the black experience. That got my attention. You've been on social media. You're on Facebook Live right now. You click out of this, you see everyone talking. You see on Twitter, Instagram, statements. You even see it in a bank app. Man, I pulled up Chase, and there's a quote on anti racism from the CEO of Chase Bank. That got my attention. I'm not big on social media, so a lot of the conversations I've been having have been every day for the last two weeks. My friends and brothers and sisters who are black and people of color within our church and within our community, we're having conversations where mostly I just got to ask and listen. We're having conversations in our texts and our phone calls. Everybody's talking, but the question is, are we listening? I think the nation is paying attention but the thing about conversations is they not only involve speaking, they involve listening. And here's what I really want you to hear. If everyone is talking, if you and I are talking, are we to assume that the Spirit of God isn't? Could it be that the one who spoke? In such a dramatic and powerful way in Acts chapter 2, so long ago, could it be that the Spirit of God is still speaking in this moment? Everyone's talking. Surely the Spirit of God is talking too. These last few weeks after the killing of George Floyd, I think it's a time for our nation to listen and reflect. We need to reflect, we need to share. How are you reflecting and sharing? What are you owning in your own circles, in your own life? I think to ask those questions is to get at this voice of the Spirit of God, paying attention to what's going on in our heads, in our hearts, in our communities. This is how the Spirit of God is trying to speak to His people and through His people. What's the Spirit of God saying to you through this cultural moment? What's the Spirit of God saying through this movement? Because our holy book, the Bible, is written from a people who were always moving and working from the places of the margins up. God aligning with people who we wouldn't have ordinarily expected. But God is in solidarity with people, rising them up. Are we listening? Now, with that being said, I want you to sit with this right at the beginning because Peter's response to this dramatic event in Acts chapter two is effectively, okay, now that the spirit of God has got your attention, listen up. The one who spoke so long ago is still speaking to me and you today. Listen up. Through this story we just read, this sermon that we just read, the Spirit of God who spoke so long ago is still speaking. Listen up. I want to spend the next couple moments in three ways listening to who is speaking, listening to what he's saying and listening to how you and I can get in on it, okay? So the first movement that we see in Acts chapter 2 that's just as relevant for us today is this. Listen to who is speaking. The second piece is listen to what he's saying. And the third piece is listen to how you get in on it. So step one, listen to who is speaking. Who is speaking in this passage that we just read? Peter, okay? If you're a Christian, if you've been around Sunday school, you know Peter, Peter is the one who loves to be a spokesman for the community. He was one of Jesus' closest friends and figures in the Jesus movement. So when you've got these 120 plus people huddled up after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, and the Spirit of God is poured out, and when the dust settles and everyone stops speaking all those different languages, and the crowd's going, wait, what's going on? Peter's the one that's going to step up and be a spokesman. And what's fascinating is we get the summary of the first sermon from the first church. And you know what the introduction is? Oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite things in the whole New Testament. Y'all, I've been a preacher for a few years now, and I've never had an intro like Peter's intro. You want to know what it is? We just read it. The intro to the first sermon in the first church was, hey guys, um, we're not drunk. (laughs) Did you see that? (laughs) The first sermon in the first church has to begin with, hey guys, we're not drunk. And by the way, it's only 9 a.m., so give me some credit, okay? This is the intro, which alerts us to the fact that something really unusual is happening. It's enough to be addressed. The crowd is curious Or they're completely explaining this away. And he has to start by saying, no, 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 we're not drunk, so can you listen up? There's something really powerful going on here too, not just in his intro, but in who is speaking. Peter is the one that many in the crowd would have known, yeah, you were hanging out with Jesus, but weren't you also the one? that denied him? There's a pastor in the East Coast called Rich Viotas, and he said that this same Peter had just denied Jesus a few weeks earlier. So listen to what he says. The Holy Spirit is not a reward for good behavior and unwavering faith. Did you catch that? Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit must not be a reward for good behavior and unwavering faith. Because Peter didn't have great behavior and didn't have an unwavering faith. Yet here he is, full of the Holy Spirit, ready to speak on the Spirit's behalf. And then Rich Viotis continues. So the Holy Spirit is a gift to those who turn to Jesus and wait on Him. This is why we have to start with, Who is speaking before we get to what he says, because the who matters. There were people in that crowd who see this guy and they say, yeah, him. Why do I need to listen to him? There are people in our country right now looking around at what's going on and saying, why do I need to listen to them? Those who have ears to hear, listen up. There's something about this Spirit of God aligning with the um, those on the margins, aligning with those that get discounted. There's something about this Spirit of God enabling and using even Him, right? There's something about the Spirit of God that uses even them. This group aligned with that crucified, publicly executed Messiah. There's something about the Spirit of God that enables them... That we've got to see. If Peter's not disqualified, why should you be disqualified? When the Spirit of God that's been set loose in this world has given you a voice to speak truth and love and a new way forward to people who want to silence you. If the Spirit of God doesn't want to silence you, why should they? This was dramatically impressed upon me when I started ministry and began a recovery group, a 12-step Christian recovery group in this church on Monday evenings. And those of you who've been a part of the Neighborhood Church might have heard this story, but I think it illustrates the idea of the Spirit of God giving voice to those who you would want to disqualify. Because I met someone who had been disqualified by a good many people. Because I met this guy three days after he was released from prison for dealing drugs. And he comes up to me on a Monday night at a recovery meeting, and he says, guess what? Jesus found me while I was locked up. And I gave my life to Jesus. He is transforming me. I'm working the steps. And I almost didn't want to leave jail because I knew that I would have to stop the progress he's making in my life through this recovery because I was in a recovery group while I was inside. So he said, here's my big book. Here's the last lesson I did on Friday. Well, today is Monday. And guess what lesson you taught And I said, man, I don't know, whatever uh, I was supposed to for the calendar. And he said, no, let me show you. And he took his big book and he said, if this was the last lesson I just heard, he goes, this is the one we just talked about today. He turned one page over and it alerted us to the fact that the spirit of God is at work in him. And I just happened to be there. And it got my attention. I love the fact that the Spirit of God empowers and gives us a voice even when people want to keep us silent. This power that has been loosed on the world is a power for you. It's a power that transforms you, just like my friend years ago in that recovery meeting. Just like for Peter, who was disqualified as a denier, as a guy who puts his foot in his mouth. There's something about the Spirit of God that begs the watching world to listen up, because even they can be used to speak a word that God wants us to hear. Here's a question I'm owning, I'm wrestling with. Maybe the Spirit of God is speaking to you in a similar way. What impulse wells up within you that says, yeah, but her? Yeah, but him? I think the Spirit of God is at work moving, saying, yeah. Even them. When I get hold of anyone, new creation, transformation, something can be said. Listen up. Even you, me, us, the Spirit of God is speaking. Not just everybody else. Are we listening through people? Who is speaking? That's the first thing we need to listen to. The second thing is we can listen to what he's saying. He, in this instance, is Peter. I told you his intro was, hey, we're not drunk. As many times as I've preached, I've never had to start a sermon like that, but that's how he starts the first sermon from the first church. What's remarkable about what Peter then says after that intro is actually not his words at all. They're the words of the old prophet Joel that his tradition would have been well aware of. You know what that tells me? Peter listened before he spoke. Wait, that reminds me of another Bible verse in James, James 1.19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Ouch. Peter illustrates this, and let me tell you how he does Peter listened before he spoke, because he listened and was steeped in the old stories, the old poems, the old prophets, well enough to recognize the new thing that God was doing in the present tense. Let me say this again. Peter knew the old story well enough to recognize the new thing that's happening right in this moment. We, as a people of the word of God, the word of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, must be steeped in our tradition as people who were taught to love our neighbor as ourselves. We must be steeped in the tradition of Jesus who crossed racial ethnic boundaries for even him even her even them we must know these stories this person this spirit like the back of our hand so we can extend our hands in unity to bring those who are out there marginalized by a crowd who doesn't get it inside to say, no, this is what God has been doing all along. It's right here, liberating a people, calling them to a new identity, giving them a voice. And those old poems like Joel, those old poems like Amos talking about lifting up the poor, those aren't just old poems for them. Those are personal appropriations for now to continue the story. Do you know that every sermon preached in the book of Acts, we will see seven or eight of them, Lord willing, Connect the story of Jesus to the story of God because the story of Jesus is where the story of God is heading all along. So when people come from every tribe, nation, and language, and they hear the works of God demonstrated through the Holy Spirit, Peter has sense enough to say, dude, this looks just like something God would do. It looks just like something God would do to have people listening to one another. It looks just like something God would do to give up and sacrifice our own voice, our own possessions, our own lives because Jesus gave up his own life and was killed rather than being killed. We are people who have to know the old stories well enough to recognize when the Spirit of God is doing a new thing so we can look around and say, yeah, this looks just like something Jesus would do. Well enough to know when people that claim to know what Jesus would do and it doesn't look a thing like Him, we can call it what it is and call them to do better. Not all who say, Lord, Lord, and we're doing a thing that Jesus would do, lines up with the example, the words, and the way of Jesus. Peter listened to the old story, and it wasn't just some old poem. It was something that was fresh and in for this moment. He said to a bunch of people who had heard Joel too, are you really listening? Because Joel said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And just to clarify what he meant, this would be people tuning their hearts to God. Young, old, male, female, doesn't matter. All people, inclusive. You want it, you got it. For those that would turn to God and receive it, it's yours. This is a revolutionary step forward in the story of God, and it's where it was going the whole time. He says, this right now is what that was talking about. Remember our tradition that said all nations of the world will be blessed through our king, our people. That's happening right now. And it's going to look like the outpouring of the Spirit of God, not just for some special spiritual few. Joel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Hosea, they were specially sent to prophesy and to dream and to give these imaginations. When the Spirit of God comes, you know something new is happening because it's no longer for the special privileged few. It's for all who would call on the name of the Lord. Peter listened before he spoke, and after his intro, in the first half of the first sermon, he's quoting his old tradition, but he's inviting the hearers to personally get into it. It's a familiar passage in unfamiliar territory. Friends, we have familiar passages about loving the outcast, forgiving the enemy. Those are familiar passages in unfamiliar territory. And you, as God's people, enlivened and awakened with the Spirit of God that has been poured out, need to listen up and recognize the new opportunity to live the old words and ways of Jesus freshly today this is what Peter does in the very first story. It's going to cost. We have to unlearn a lot of things. Like this crowd, we have to let go of some of our own expectations. They knew and heard the old stories, but there's a new moment at hand. So some of you might be saying, dude, this new thing, it stinks. <laughs> We're in a global pandemic. we Churching and engaging virtually and at a distance. We see our cities burning. We see a people crying out. We see violence. We see division. We see screaming and hurting and hate. It kind of feels like the end of the world. When Peter quotes Joel, and he's talking about the blood and moon and fire, this is Peter's way of saying, Yeah, it kind of is the end of the world. You see, that was an ancient way, a biblical way, an apocalyptic way of speaking with this kind of language that says something earth shattering is happening. Something game changing is happening. Pay attention. It's not always natural phenomenon like blood moons or eclipses. It's a poetic way of saying God is doing a new thing and getting our attention. Pay attention and listen up. If it feels like the end of the world, Peter, in quoting Joel chapter 2, is saying, yeah, it kind of is. He began that quotation by altering some of Joel's language And he says, this is the last days. What he means by that is, this is the time when these kinds of promises of the Spirit of God being poured out. All people awakening, enlivening, living this thing out in their own hearts and bodies. All of this is the kind of stuff that's happening in the end. The next thing on the calendar is not just the last days, but the last day. The day when Jesus comes to make all things new, to judge the world and set things right. We're living in the last days. Peter says, this right now is what that was talking about. So the spirit of God that's poured out on you, it's not just for the special people to figure it out. It's for you too. You can understand and dream and have visions and prophesy to understand what God is up to. So get on board and live out the words and ways of God the Spirit is enabling you to do. Do you understand? Are you with me? This is some dense Bible stuff, but it has everything to do with this moment. And it started then, and it's still freshly happening now. Are we listening? The kingdom of God has come in the life, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus. Boom! Inaugurated 2,000 years ago. And when the kingdom comes, these people hearing Peter knew that the Spirit of God would come. So Peter's saying, guess what? This is it. This is this moment. So turn to Jesus, call on the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Now, before we wind down to the very end and how you can get in on it, I want to tell you why, even in these last days, I'm hopeful. I was having a conversation this week with some people in our community. Not our church community, but our broader community. And we were discussing all of the conversations, how everybody's talking. And I said, you know what? In the midst of all of this, I'm hopeful. And she said, what? How in the world? And we were talking about how some people that were racist and bigoted and biased... It's true, they're doubling down and digging in because their kingdom is being threatened. So I see that happening just like you see that happening. But what I'm talking about when I see hope is that those people that have been neutral, those people that have been on the fence, my white brothers and sisters that have not been considering their own whiteness like my own self, We can no longer be neutral. We have got to listen. We have got to reckon with our culture, our ways in which we have moved within this society. I see a lot of people who've been on the fence and neutral moving toward listening, loving, reaching out, repenting. These are things that should give us hope. I'm seeing some more and more change, the seeds of change, the gifts of the Spirit of God at work. But let's not miss the giver of these gifts. He's the one propelling us, moving us forward. This is one reason why I'm hopeful. These people that have been stuck in neutral, man, we've got no more time and chance. And I'm sorry it took so many of us so long. Man, we've got to start moving forward because the spirit of God has gone ahead of us and he's compelling us, drawing us, inviting us to keep on going. Here's a second reason why I'm hopeful before we wind down to this. Okay, how do we get in on this? How are we listening to this? Here's the second reason I'm hopeful. We had a neighborhood kids chat via Zoom this past week facilitated by the wonderful Amy Sinclair who's a member of our church herself a woman of color and herself a counselor in Garland. So she facilitates these kinds of conversations on diversity and race and anti-bullying throughout the school year and so she was able to take some time and prepared a wonderful conversation where our kids were on and engaged and we were watching videos asking questions and you know it was wonderful she was looking at this diverse little group of kids in our church and they were talking about how they were different and then they were talking about how they were the same and you know what It didn't wig them out. One of the questions that she asked was, how many of you have friends that are different from you? Maybe different skin color, different kinds of countries they've come from, different kinds of religions they're from. How many of you have those kind of friends that are different? Every hand was raised. Because even (laughs) within our church, they're friends with kids who are different looking and come from different situations from them. This is reason, I think, to be hopeful. If this work is generational, if the Spirit of God is being poured out for young and old, we have an opportunity to do better for the generation coming up behind us, to foster and facilitate the kind of community in a new thing, in an unfamiliar territory that is steeped in the traditions of what God has been doing all along, inviting all people into a kingdom community under the reign of a king who stands for love and inclusion under his gracious reign. Here's a final piece I'll leave you with. This is how Peter leaves off the first half of the first sermon for the first church. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to look at the next Bible passage he quotes. But he makes the case in this first section that Jesus is Lord. And he finishes that first half using Joel with this phrase, All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Our third movement, listen up, because this is how you get in on it. This is another revolutionary step. Not just that the Spirit of God is available to all people, regardless of their race, gender, regardless of their age. Not only is the Spirit of God available to all people, that's revolutionary. It's revolutionary what Peter does to see the story of Jesus is where the story of God's people has been headed the whole time. Because when Joel said, calls on the name of the Lord, he was thinking of the covenant covenant. God of Israel, but Peter, in his grand finale of this sermon in verse 36, he says, that covenant God of Israel, who we know as Lord, has revealed himself in the person of Jesus and made Jesus of Nazareth, the crucified king. He's made him Lord. And when you call on the name of Jesus, You'll be saved. That word saved is a loaded term. But essentially, I want you to think of it in this moment like this. If you give your life to Jesus, God gives his life to you. God gives his life through the indwelling power and presence and transforming work of the Holy Spirit poured out for even you, even Peter, So I'm going to close with this. Here's how you get into it. You call on the name of Jesus. You give your life to Jesus and find that God is so happy to give his life to you. I like to close like this. See my arm? Got it spread out here. Maybe you've seen me do this before. It's been a minute, so let me try again. Let's imagine that my elbow here Is when I was born. Okay, I was born and the Spirit of God gave me life and breath. I was created and sustained. Later in the book of Acts we hear how everybody lives and moves and has our being. Because God loves to give life. So I was born. I was laughing and rocking and rolling. And I was doing me. I was growing up. And then somewhere about here, you see that in the middle of my arm, somewhere about here, somebody said, all who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. And I said, what do you mean? But I'm listening. And I heard the call to give my life to Jesus, even though I was young, so that God would give his life to me. So I gave my life to Jesus. And even then as a young person, God poured his spirit into my life. And the rest of my life, let's keep moving down my arm. I'm somewhere about here. But I hope I'm a little ways from here. So now I'm at the end of my fist, right? Let's imagine this is the end of my life. I don't just have to wait to the end to experience this life, this imagination, This understanding, this life of heaven, I don't have to wait till then. That life of heaven has invaded my life the moment I said yes to Jesus. So somewhere around here, when I called on the name of the Lord, something happened where I gave my life to Jesus and God gives His life to me. As a young person filled with the Spirit of God, the life of heaven, the life of kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. And the rest of my days, by God's grace, I hope is a testimony to the work of the transformative power of the Spirit, listening to Him, responding to Him, listening to my neighbor, loving my neighbor, because He's empowered me for this work. He's empowering you for this work. Maybe you said that about here Or here, or here. But I hope that if you're listening, you've said it at some point. That you've called on the name of Jesus and found the life of heaven invading your life right here and now. And notice I've laid my other arm on top of my own life story. Notice that even if my life on this earth ends right about here, the life that God shares through his spirit by calling on Jesus, because you're forgiven and awakened to the life of heaven, that life goes on even beyond death. It's eternal, not just in the quality of that transforming eternity kind of life. It's eternal in quantity. The life you're living now The life God shares with you now is a life that will keep on going. But for now, we got work to do. We got to listen to that spirit inviting us to see all people, even the Peters of the world, even him, even her, even you, even me, as part of this new creation swept up. The spirit of God is moving and working and even speaking through them. We've got to listen for who is speaking and hear. Then we've got to listen to what they're saying. We've got to know the old story. Guys, neighborhood church folk, let me talk to you. You've got to know what Jesus said. You've got to know what Jesus did. So that when you go and speak and act in his name, you're honoring him and his example as Jesus' people. Even to those folks. So know what's being said. Now, the third thing is how you get in on it. Man, if you need to call out for the first time, Jesus is right there waiting to pour out that spirit, that life, right here, right now. You don't have to live another minute in fear and judgment and anger. Be forgiven, be renewed, be restored, and be in a community that will help you foster that transformation. Because the Spirit of God isn't just speaking to you and me. He's speaking to us. He's forming us into a boundary-breaking, truth-telling, eternal, life-living community. And I want to be a part of that. So when everyone's speaking, let's keep listening to the Spirit of God, to the way of Jesus, to the community around us. So that we might live the life that God has for us, even now. Would you close with me in a word of prayer? Come, Holy Spirit, renew me. Come, Holy Spirit, renew our world. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Come, Holy Spirit, We are listening. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak through those people who are dreaming new dreams, who are prophesying new ways, and who are envisioning a life of the kingdom that is here and will come in fullness. So come, we are yours, we are ready to listen, to love, to live. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessings go in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen.